This is Barbie Jo, and you are listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. This is a show for busy moms and families where we talk about household order and function. We'll discuss tricks of the trade and systems to improve family life and managing a household. Hello, everyone. Barbie Jo here, and welcome to another episode of Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Today, we are talking to a relationship expert, Tonika. She has been practicing reconciliation and restoration, healing the mind, body, and soul to reconstruct the mind frame and renew relationships on all levels. As a mother raising five school-aged children, she speaks to other mothers through her blog, Mommy Needs a Nap. Love that. So by practicing mindfulness and learning techniques to help you stay focused and grounded, she's going to help us today relieve anxiety, depression, and stress, lower blood pressure, and increase cortisone levels for better focus and ability to cope and recognize emotions without allowing them to overcome our state of being. So welcome to the show, Tanika. Tell us, how did you get to this place in life? Well, I didn't just stumble upon it. (laughs) As far as life goes, you know, it's like you're just grown into it, right? You're born into this world and here you are. So um, (laughs) it's so funny because I am 46 years old and I'm an only child. I've been married for half my life. That's what I feel like. And so, <laughs> as my adult life, I got married at 26, but I've been with my husband since I was 21. Um, and we have been together over 20 years. And relationships are something that are phenomenal. And if you are ever engaged with anyone, you're in a relationship. And so, that starts from the moment you're born whether your mom, you're bonding with her or whoever your parental guidance is. The relationships are at a very early age. And so that's something I always recognize. I looked around at relationships and how people interacted with one another. And then that's how I basically framed what I wanted my life to look like when I grew up and what I saw, what I what I liked and what I didn't like. And so I think just through um, this journey that I'm on in life, It's been all about exploring and learning people. But what I really came to realize, because I'm in ministry now, is that this whole relationship thing is a cycle and a gift to help us to understand our greatest creator and why we were created. And that's to be in a relationship. And sometimes we take that literal. And when I think of it in the physical sense, the family is very dynamic and it starts, well, I don't know most households, how they run their home, but as far as how we run our home, it's God, the father, the mother, the children. And so when we came to be in ministry, I started realizing that, oh my goodness, God put us in this position and in this situation because our family is a ministry. We have five children now. I did not give birth to one of these children. And actually, (laughs) 
if I want to be very technical, there are really 10 children that I can claim that are mine. <laughs> and I never have given birth to any of them. But that's the beauty of this whole thing of the relationship cycle. And so 10 years ago, and I say inherited, <laughs> we inherited our first little girl that um, we begin to raise. She is our niece, but she's our daughter. And she has been our daughter the whole of her life that she's been in our household. Well, she's number four of eight siblings. At the time, she was number four of five siblings when she came to live with us. And she lived with us for two years. And then there were some things that went on and we ended up getting custody of her. Well, 10 years later, we get a phone call that five of her sisters and brothers need our help. Wow. And immediately I went into mommy mode and did whatever we needed to do because they were in foster care and they had been there for two years. Wow. And so I, I worked diligently night and day trying to get these babies out of foster care. And when they finally came into our house, um, we had a two, oh, I'm sorry, no, a one-year-old, he had just turned one, and a four-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 15-year-old. And then we had our daughter who was just turning 14. So now she's connected with four of her siblings (laughs) that are now coming to live with us. Two of them are older. They've already um, graduated. One's in the military, one's in National Guard and in um, the service. And one that was living with us, she just, we just um, moved her into college um, this past weekend. And so over the last three years, because this just happened three years ago, (laughs) Um, from 2016 is when we found out to 2018 when they came to live with us. Our life has been on a whirlwind. Well, all in that same time frame is when we enter our call to ministry, we begin school and we begin Bible courses for um, ministry. And I'm telling you, taking all that on at one time really showed me, and that's why I call it a ministry. It's a ministry within this family because what I realized is God was showing us, you are on this walk now. And not only are you going to be ministering to your family, but you've got a greater cause. You've got to minister to my people. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, at first it was so much turmoil. It was chaos. It was crazy. It was trying to understand how to make this thing mesh because now we've got teenagers and we've got babies all at the same time. And it was just like overwhelming. It was. And I like to think that I can handle anything, but I had to sit down and I'm just like, oh gosh, mommy needs a nap. And that's where mommy needs a nap vlog came from. Because it was just like, mommy needs a nap, but mommy never gets a nap because it's always constant. And it's two parents in this household. And I couldn't imagine if I was a single mom trying to do this on my own. It's hard with two parents. So I can only imagine how hard it is. So then it put me in the mind frame of God. He has to deal with all of us on a larger scale. (laughs) And it's him alone that is just doing this. And I believe that he designed the family to help us in relationship with him. And everything is so interconnected and connects us back to God. And so when I started realizing, okay, there's a blueprint to this thing. 
we got to figure it out. So me and my husband sit down and we're like, okay, what does the Bible say about how does, how does the Bible say we're supposed to be running this organization? Because that's what we look at. We look at our business like an organization or our family like an organization or a business. And everything in life has to be ran like that, I believe, in order to make it run smooth. Now, do we have our children running around here like they're little workers on the job? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a team and everybody on this team has to do their part in order to make it work. And so as we started to do our Bible study and our courses, we started understanding how they interacted with each other. And it dawned on me that this is our ministry, reconciliation. Because what did we just do? We just reconciled our family. We reconciled our daughter back to her sisters and brothers. And that's what God wants us to do. When we've been disconnected for so long, when we've been lost, when we've been on a pl- on a path where we feel confused and we don't know which way to go, there's someone we can call on. Fortunately, our nieces and nephews had us to call on. But we have God that we can call on. And it all relates. And so, I mean, I don't mean to just be rambling on and on, but that it's just that's how I just see it. And, and it's like I can see it like a picture in my head as I even talk about it and how it plays out. And so reconciliation is very big to me about bringing people back together, about connecting, about helping understand that there's a dis- uh, if there's a disconnect or a discord, we need to figure out what that missing link is so we can get it back together. And I think that's what God wants from us. He wants us to be reconnected back to him and to understand that no matter what happens, no matter how far away you go, no matter how um, disconnected you are, you can always come back and find a safe Totally. Oh, I couldn't agree more. That is so, so important. And it just helps make your your home a more peaceful place when you are centered around God and around, you know, what he wants you to do and and how he wants your family to be. Because I agree. Everything starts within the home, right? We are raising our the future leaders of our nation. And everything comes from the home. So if we want to have a successful world, we need to have a successful home. So I think that is so cool that you found purpose in that. Okay, so talk to us a little bit on being mindful and helping alleviate that that stress and anxiety that comes with maybe even depression too, that comes with all things family and being a mom. Yeah, well... Um, I remember, I want to say probably about six or seven years ago, my husband, he's Vic Prati when he was younger. So he's always been very grounded and he can meditate and he can just be still. And I'm just very all over the place. I've got to go. I'm, I'm doing a million different things and I can't slow down. And um, one of my ministry mothers said that I have a computer brain. She's like, it just never stops. It's always going. And so one day he told me, he's like, you need to practice meditation. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not going to be meditating and humming and humming and all of that stuff. I didn't understand. And so he's like, just sit down and relax. I'm like, I can't sit down for that long. I can't. It's just, I feel edgy. And, you know, and so again, what did I do? I went to the Bible and I said, what did God say about this? <laughs> And I learned that Jesus was all about meditating. He was all about finding a quiet place and and being able to renew his spirit. And so I started to understand that it's not anything weird or wacky. And if I think that, then other people are thinking it too, right? 
And so I just went to explore more and I started learning more about it. And I got certified in NLP, in Neurological Linguistic Programming. And I love language because I think, again, that's what connects us, being able to um, have communication and being able to communicate effectively. And so once I started studying it more and I understood how to slow my brain down and just try to relax, I was able to do it for one minute at a time. (laughs) (laughs) And the more that I practiced, the more calm I became, the more laid back I became, the more anxious or the more the anxiety went away because I didn't even realize I was anxious. And I was anxious because I felt like if I wasn't doing anything, then I was being useless. And so I felt like I always had to be moving. But I realized that wills and motion aren't always going somewhere. They can just be spinning tires. And that's what I was doing. I was just spinning. And so I was like, wow, this has really helped me. So if it's helped me, then I bet it can help other people. Well, six years ago, when I first introduced this, no one looked at me like, okay, what are you into? What are you talking about? I don't get it. And my mom, she's like, is it about hypnotizing people? And I'm like, no, (laughs) it it can involve that. But I don't practice hypnotism at all. And plus, I I don't even think that I can be hypnotized because I don't let my mind (laughs) sit still long enough. But it's not about that. And so let's, let's fast forward now to 2020. Right in the era of COVID, all this is going on. We've got these children in our house. We've got different dynamics going on. And I'll share something with you. The baby, he came into our house when he was one. And again, I never have had a child. And this is the first baby, baby that we've had in our house. His first walk, his first talk, his first, everything that he did, his first was with us. And then we got the news that his dad was back in the picture. And he was going to get custody with him. I found that out on Valentine's Day. (laughs) I didn't feel good. I was laying in the bed and I was just not feeling good. And then I got that phone call that that next Monday, he was going to be leaving our house. And did I mention I had to preach that Sunday? And I was like, seriously, I I just really can't deal with this. So after um, the weekend passed and then the Monday came and he had to leave, I didn't sleep. For eight days, I did not sleep. I just stayed up and I just got lost in myself, in my thoughts, in my worry. And it's still kind of hard to talk about it, but I did, and I and I got really depressed. And I went to a very dark place. And so, on March eighth, I never forget. I went into church, and on the last day that I was in church, and I made an announcement, and I walked out. And then the next week, the whole world was shut down because of COVID. (laughs) But during that week, I ended up in the hospital because I would not sleep. I would not rest. And when I got to the hospital, they wanted me to just sleep and rest for a while. And so they're telling me things that are not true. They, They label me bipolar. They said I had a mental disorder and a personality, a borderline personality disorder. And I'm just like, what is going on? Because a month ago, I was normal. <laughs> so as much as I could be, right? And now I'm in this hospital, COVID's going on. I haven't been able to talk to my family. I don't have a clue what's going on. And I just went into my room and I just meditated. And I just sat there and I just started meditating. And I'm like, okay, you've got all these skills and all these resources. You need to use them right now at this moment. They don't know the Tanika that you are. They think that you are someone that has lost it and is 
clean out of the side of your neck and that you're not making any sense, you've got to get grounded and rooted back in what you know is true. So I prayed and I meditated for the rest of the time that I was there. And I finally was able to get released from the hospital. I think I was there for seven or eight days. I'm not even sure truthfully how long I was there. And they would ask me questions. And I'm like, are these trick questions? Because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And then they think that, you know, and it was it was just so weird. And so while I was there, I decided that mindfulness is something that I needed to look at and, and look at it in a different way. And now at this point, when COVID has come in, there are other people that are going through some things because I met a lot of people that was in the hospital that was in the same position that I was. And I was able to talk to them and reach them <laughs> and, and use words with them that help. And I'm like, okay, although I was here to get rest, I was here for another reason. I was here to find my grounding and to get out of here and to come and put to use what talent I have because the six years before I started a business and in the six years that I had been in business, I was working full time and I was doing this business on the side. I had a few clients, but it wasn't very lucrative. Well, once I got out of the hospital, I decided to revamp the whole business and to turn it all around to make it um, cater to mindfulness and um, help people with mental illness become more aware and also to reconcile yourself back to who you are and that is who God created you to be and so I worked diligently when I got out I just sat down and I wrote out a blueprint and I had a plan and my neighbor worked with me she helped me um, get my website together and I was like I'm really focused now and I now feel like I really do have a purpose because I went through all this for a reason and before I felt like well life is great I haven't really been through anything whatever and now I was able to speak to what it is I was actually talking about. And so now people are listening. Now people get it. Not only because I'm just trying to help you with something, but because I've experienced it myself. I know what it feels like to be in those shoes. I know what it feels like. And then I'm talking to my therapist and he goes, Tamika, you're not bipolar. And I'm like, I know that. He was like, well, you just needed some rest. And was saying, I said, I know all of those things. But at the time, I couldn't communicate those things. And the people that I was communicating with did not know me. And my, my family even, they didn't know what to do to help me. They, they hadn't seen this before. And not only that, in the minority household, things like that just don't get talked about. You know, if, if something's wrong with you, there's just something wrong with you. Go over there and sit down. <laughs> but, I, and it's just the truth, you know? And, and, and that's why I was like, you know, I'm being used in this position because I need to bring this to the forefront. And people will look at me and say, oh, I can't believe you go through anything and you just got such great things happening. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm a happy monster. I smile all the time. People know me by my smile. I'm always smiling, even if I'm crying and dying on the inside. I'm smiling and I'm happy. But what I learned about that is it's called toxic positivity. And so I was living in this positive world that was toxic because no matter what happened, I pretended that it was okay. And that's what led me to the hospital because it wasn't okay. It wasn't okay anymore. I, I broke down and I couldn't take it. And something finally landed in my lap that I couldn't overlook and that I couldn't just be like, it's okay. And sometimes we come to that meeting at the road and we don't know where to go or which way to turn. And that's what I do. I help people understand that 
we all come to that road at some point in our life. Some is easier, some is harder, but we need help at some point. And reaching out for help or asking for help can be scary, especially when mental illness has had this stigma of what it looks like or who they think people with mental illness are because mental illness does not have a face. It could be anyone. It can, everybody is going through something at some point in their life and it doesn't mean that they're bipolar. It doesn't mean that they have mental disorders. It doesn't mean that they even have anxiety or depression, but these are the labels that we give them. And when we learn how to stop and face what it is that's in front of us, and, and I call it radical acceptance. You have to accept it. This is what it is. No matter what I do, I can't bring that baby boy back here. So I have to accept that. So am I going to just continue to freak out every day? Am I going to cry all the time? Am I going to get upset? No, because I've got four of the children depending on me. I have a husband that's dependent on me. I have a ministry that's dependent on me. But in order for those things to work, I have to take care of myself. I have to get better. I have to make sure that my mind is full and engaged in what's going on. And so that's how I came up with your full mind life. Actually, my husband came up with it because we kept going around things of our, how do you make sure your mind is full? What are you doing? He's like, what if we call it your full mind life? And I'm like, in order to have a full life, you have to have a full mind because your mind creates these scenarios and your thoughts dictate those scenarios. And so you have to be able to control your mind and your thoughts and realize what's reality and what is not. And so I don't know if I'm answering your question at this point, but that's, that's how I came to put this whole thing together to help people understand. It's not just about reconciling necessarily with an individual, but with yourself and getting that connected, learning who you are, inner, your inner self, your inner being, and being happy with that person. Because it doesn't matter how much you go around and smile and act like everything's okay. Yourself, your body knows the truth. And eventually your body is going to set you down and it's going to make you get it together. And so that's what I want to do. I want to help people realize that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay that we have problems in our lives and we have stories. And that's why I created my podcast is to bring people on so they can share those stories and how they got over. Because a lot of times we see the success stories, but we don't see the trial or the triumph. And so that's what I like to share and to explore so other people that are right on the cusp for the brink of maybe a breakthrough or setback and see that they're not alone. I love that. That is so cool. That is a community of strength right there that I think moms need to draw from because we're all going through something. <laughs> we all are. And a lot of times people feel they have to put up a facade that everything's okay. And it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not have it all together. It is okay. <laughs> it definitely is. It is. And that's the thing. That's the scary part is that at admitting, because when everybody thinks that you're so strong and that you got it figured out, you have all the answers. And it's like, you know what? I don't have all the answers. I'm not that smart. I don't know anything. <laughs> My, my thing is Google it. I don't know. How do you think I, find stuff out? I research it. I Google it. I look it up. I read books. Yeah. But a lot of times people don't have a time nor the energy they think that it takes. But that's all you have is time. Once our time stops, 
That means we have no more breath in our body. As long as we have breath in our body, we have time. And we have to reconcile that time. And we have to make sure that we are managing our time so that we don't get burned out. We don't get overwhelmed with anxiety. We don't get overcome with stress. Because life is never stopping until it stops. <laughs> and you just, you just got to manage through it. But how do we manage through it? Nobody really gives you the answers for that. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, every time I get on an airplane, I used to wonder why did they tell you to take the oxygen first before helping your kids? You you would think help them first, but no, you can't help them if you're not able to help yourself. So you have to make sure you have that oxygen first so you can minister to everybody else. 100%. Self-care is so important. It is. It's very important. And a lot of times people think self-care is selfish and they think that, oh, I'm going to take care of everybody else. Yeah, but who's taking care of you? Because you're the strong one. If you're the, if you're the caregiver, then you're probably the one that people depend on and lean on. And so there's no one there for you. So who's pouring into you? And like it said, you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to be filled up first before you can pour anything out. And I always say this, if you're going to show up, be present. I showed up so many places that I was not present. I'm there, but I'm not really there. It would have made more sense for me not to go. Because if you're not going to show up and be fully present in the moment and give your all, then, you know, and, and it, you may even get by with it. And, you know, and, and that right there, we call the imposter syndrome. You know, or fake it till you make it. But why do we have to do that when we can be our two real authentic though? So true. So good. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being with us today and sharing your story and just the inspiration and hope you offer to other moms is amazing. Tell us, how can we find you? How can we work with you? Well, I have taken to Instagram and I'm telling you what, I absolutely love Instagram now. I didn't, I was terrified of Instagram when I very first started going live and everything, but I'm telling you, Instagram has been my friend and it has helped me to open up and explore more. So you can definitely reach me on Instagram, your full mind life. Um, you can follow me on Facebook at um, Tanika L. Steen Life Coach. And you should be able to find me from any of those pages. I've got a podcast on there, Mind Your Business, Mindful Intention, Nurture and Drive Your Business. So we talk about how your, how your mindset and your intentions go together to drive. And nurture your business. Um, also, my website, yourfullmindlife.com. And that's very easy to find me, just yourfullmindlife.com. And you can send a contact message and we'll get back to you right away. I mean, and I do, I really try to respond and um, reply to every single message that I get. I, I'm, I'm a real authentic person and I try to be that in my everyday life. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much. We will include all this information in our show notes. And thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I don't get very much um, time that I get to tell my story, but I like helping other people. So if it helps, I'm, I'm willing to engage at any time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Don't forget to check out my website at barbiejoe.com. And if you liked this episode, you've got to subscribe. I'd love to have you join me. Bye for now. 